Hey there, fans of brotherly love wrestling. It is I, Vic Delicious. Philly's own, the Mecca here. It is the real McCoy, J.D. Axe, Justin D. Xavier. It's your man, C.D., the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old friend, R.J. City. Hey there, brotherly love wrestling. Bill Carr here. Hey everyone, this is two-time guest Wheeler Yuta. Two bozos from Philadelphia flapping their gums about pro wrestling this, pro wrestling that. Which is not that unique in the grand scheme of things yet. You are in for a treat because you're tuned in to Brotherly Love Wrestling. Philadelphia, are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And on our show today, we have a returning guest. He is the cryonic redneck, Tim Boston. Tim, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be back. Yeah, way to cut the intro short while he was drinking, Larry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him. Mr. Thirsty wants to take a drink. Let's get him. <laughs> Not on our time there, Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, we haven't talked to you in a while. I think it was uh a two it's been two years. Or it been a... I think it was March of last year. Okay. It was last year. Okay. So a lot, a honest, lot obviously all these years gel together. Doesn't yeah. uh yeah. It it's it's still twenty twenty, man. It's uh <laughs> kind of like I think people get a couple do-over years in there. So <laughs> I really wish we got do-over years. It doesn't feel like I got any do-overs. There was the, there was no <laughs> there was no mulligans handed out. We just kind of had to deal with this shit. Yeah. So last time we spoke was oof, what what did what did we leave, let, last touch off on? It was Larry. Do you got any idea? Uh, I, I know the reason that we had. Tim on was because of his uh, character that is on the Indies and the and it was March sixteenth, so it was <laughs> Steve Austin Day and that makes sense why we had him on last March. Yes, they so all uh, coming to fruition. Yeah, that was the last time we had him on, and ma- majority of the reason and getting to know Tim. Uh, so, uh, Tim, what's been going on this past year that we haven't spoken to you? Tim, uh, this last year. It's really just just trying to you know continue getting my name out there and just travel and kind of push those borders that I work in. Um, I'm a big fan of working in front of new crowds. I love getting over in front of new crowds and doing something different you know, that either my opponent's not used to, the promotion isn't used to, or those fans aren't used to. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do. I, you see me tweet from time to time. I love pro wrestling, and it's usually right after I have an event or a, an experience like that. I love that. Yeah, it's it's got to be like fulfilling for like someone who's just so character driven and someone who's like an actual, like a personality, like not just playing themselves. Like you're playing, you're playing a knockoff of Steve Austin. You're playing like a, a weird bizarro world clone of the most popular wrestler, arguably of all time. 
Yeah, but, it's definitely like a fulfilling a power fantasy, you know, kind of like that video game thing. Or I'm going to go watch a superhero movie because they can do stuff to do. They can do stuff that I can't. It's very similar for me in a wrestling ring. And for a crowd to see that visual and then to see what the actual what the actual perception is, you're like, ah, oh, this is just Stone Cold. Wait, no. This is, <laughs> no. <laughs> Stone Cold never carried around a six-foot spoon. <laughs> no, I'm afraid he hasn't. And it's really funny. Like, there's such a dichotomy there because, like, Stone Cold is, like, he's tall. He's, I think he's deceptively taller than – I think I'm, I'm barely 5'10". I weigh 165 pounds. Like we are just on a complete different end of the spectrum. And so to me, it's fun to go out there and try to be, you know, I'm this hell raising and I'll fight anybody. I'm a bad guy. And the second I get hit in the face, I'm like, this is a terrible idea. And like they completely <laughs> turn the character on a dime. And, and that's fun for the crowd. Like, uh, you know, kind of like Jackie Chan and all of his movies, he'd snap his fingers between the, between the ladder or he'd, he'd slide through something and kind of catch his leg on something. And then he's kind of bouncing around for a little bit and, you know, he's still ducking and doing kicks and doing all this cool stuff, but he, he's selling his leg or he's, he's showing that his hands are hurt. Like, that's what I love about this character is I can do kind of stuff like that as well. It's kind of recognizing the ridiculousness, the things that go on in a wrestling ring that people don't really think twice of. Yeah, and now it's coming back to me of what we actually talked about, and we talked about kind of comedy wrestling, I believe, last time we spoke, and how, how it's different from and how it's perceived by some people as like not real wrestling, like comedy wrestling just isn't real. I mean, when you think about <laughs> anybody saying any part of wrestling isn't real, you're going to just like, okay, like maybe, maybe, yeah. re maybe rethink that statement. I know I'll catch a lot of shit, but it, like it's, it's real in, in the way it makes you feel, but let's face it. You're not supposed to go out there and, and, and kill someone. No. And that's, uh, you know, it's all, it's comedy is all how you look at it like somebody can do something that's really funny and it goes it goes nowhere somebody can do something that's really serious and they're kind of serious to the point of a parody they're kind of making they're making fun of themselves with how serious they're taking something or or how de uh, devoted to something that they are so it's really just how you look at it and how you frame it so that's what i like about wrestling is it's uh i hear this analogy a lot and it's, it's different flavors of ice cream there's something for everybody uh how fitting <laughs> So what we saw that you posted a tweet and you've you've come to this you've come to this show more prepared than I've seen anybody come to this show <laughs> before. And I pretty am safe to say that no one prepares for this show. Me and Larry don't prepare for this show. You came to this show prepared. You tried to one up us. And you know what? It's probably going to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's a, you know, you go to a job interview prepared. You know, you go to a wrestling match prepared. You got to have that. You got to have that mindset about you. So, so the the sheet of paper that I am uh, referring to is your your bullet points on things that you have to talk about during this show. What is uh What's the most important thing you got on that sheet of paper? So we can kind of dive right into this. Yeah, uh, I think the most important thing uh, wrestling is promotion twenty four seven. If you want to get anywhere, whether you are first match out the gate or you are main event, you have to advertise. The only way that this thing keeps going is if you get people in the seats, you make people feel welcome, you entertain them, and then you tell them, hey, I'll see you guys in three, four weeks. I'll see you back next month. Let's do this again. Uh, so to me, I really just want to kind of want to talk about the stuff that I have coming up and then some of the things that I'm doing next year. Um, 
I just entered my seventh year in wrestling in September of this year. Um, I'm kind of hitting another groove, another little hot stretch from having a lot of fun. I'm doing some cool stuff in the ring. Um, and I want to try to say thank you to the, to the promotions that have booked me and, you know, get some, get them a little more spotlight, get some more fans in their seats too. Now you All said, right. you, I'm sorry, Joe. No, uh, go ahead, Larry. You said that you're seven years in and you said about tweeting, you love pro wrestling. Yeah. Now, last week we had Ricky Martin on the show who 50 years in in the business, which it blew our minds. 50 years. This guy's been we're doing not, this. We're not even 50 years old yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, and not only that, the love of the business for this long. I mean, you see guys come in and out and, and people go in and out of this business and they get completely jaded and they hate it and they, they'll never go back again. And they might only wrestle two, three years and be done. Their body might not let them go. What what keeps what keeps you going? What keeps you loving this business and not being one of those people that maybe, yeah, you love it, but uh, it's just not working out. You just keep plugging along for seven years being on independent circuit, doing this, you know what I mean? Not making it. Some people would, you know, be get did be dejected and be like, no, nah, so I'm just not going to make it. Yeah. Well, so I, I came into pro wrestling a little bit older. I was 32 when I had my first match. Um, and so I kind of already knew it's like, I'm not going to make it to TV. I might be an extra on some show, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go have some crazy enhancement talent match and meet somebody in the back and get signed at, at 39 years old. I always knew that that was never in the cards for me. So it's like, I want to travel. I want to go to places I've never been. I want to reconnect with friends I've maybe gotten out of touch with. I want to meet new people through pro wrestling. I'm getting to meet the people that I watched on TV when I was coming up. The people that when I first started kind of digging into the independent scene around here and kind of some of the uh, more uh, seasoned and kind of veteran independent talent that's in the that's in the Midwest area, like now I went from watching them on shows to being in the locker room with them and then now getting opportunities to wrestle with them and kind of pit my talent against theirs, pick up from them, learn from them, and that experience has just been so grateful. Uh, I've just been so grateful for those opportunities and for those experiences. It's like, man, if I can just keep that feeling going, I'm going to keep going. But yeah, there, I think it's really easy to kind of get down. Uh, people want opportunities maybe faster than what they that what they're capable of. Maybe want to do something that they're quite not up to skill with or up to par with, or maybe just haven't earned it quite yet. So yeah, it's easy to get dejected. You see some people that are in it for six months, eight, you know, 18 months, a few years, and they just get really frustrated with their spots. It's like, well, what are you doing to get better? What are you doing to get your name out there? How are you helping bring people into the shows? It's like, well, I'm not really doing anything, and and I whine a lot online. It's like, oh, okay. There's, we all need those opportunities to vent and kind of get it out there, but nobody's going to go. You know, I saw this guy had an epic meltdown on Twitter. I should probably go spend some money at his wrestling show. <laughs> you've done two things. You didn't help the business, and you've subconsciously killed kayfabe at the same time yeah <laughs> you know what book that man book him you know what i like that guy yeah but no um just for me um i've had just a really good year this year i think i put around ten thousand miles on my car just traveling all around um and so that was going as far as indiana uh, up to illinois a handful of times um i've been in minnesota and south dakota north dakota a couple times um just a really good year um it was really fun. Uh, 
the longest that I spent in the car this year was, I think, close to 20 hours in round trip. Uh, wow. It was for a promotion up in Illinois called Second Wrestling. Um, they did a Sunday show, and the promoter goes, I need you up here at 11.30 in the morning. And I went, well, I'm in, I'm in Omaha. That's seven hours away. Are you, I, can I get there a little bit later? Like, I'll stay and tear down. That's not a problem. But if you want me there at 1130, I have to leave at 330. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, if you can be here, that's perfect. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so loaded everything up in the car, got there nice and early. I think I pulled right in the parking lot at 1115. And he kind of looked at his watch and he goes, holy crap, I wasn't expecting you to be here on the He's like, you're ahead of schedule. This is awesome. Um, driving back, though, uh, I got stuck in a snowstorm just outside Des Moines, Iowa, which is about two, two and a half hours from my house. And everything got shut down. And so interstates went from 75, 80 miles an hour to about 35 miles an hour. And the last two and a half hours was just 35 miles, single lane, following the snow plows. Uh, so I left Sunday morning at 3.30, didn't get back till Monday morning around 10, 15 a.m. And that was just for one show. That was one show. Uh, that was just that for was one match. I got, unless you had, unless you was, had numerous <laughs> matches on that show, that was for one match. That was for one match. But, uh, you know, it's those experiences that indie wrestling kind of brings with it. I got to wrestle Darren Corbin, who is someone that I've looked up to for a long time out of the Minnesota scene, a, a very established, very uh, kind of cr uh, creative talent in kind of the Midwest independent wrestling scene. And then I got to rub elbows and shoot the shit with Coco Beware. Like, that's cool to me. I love that. So can't complain. That's, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. I just saw Coco Beware on Twitter. Well, this is probably a month or two ago. Trying to get verified. You're begging for a verification. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's the shit I want to see. I don't want to see anyone complaining. I just want to see Coco Beware trying to get verified. It's like a, a some that's... weird sit. It's like a weird sitcom fucking thing. Like watch, Absolutely. come watch, come watch Coco try to get verified. While, while Frankie's already verified, which is even yeah, better. Yeah, his bird is verified. That was a, he was awesome. That was, I got to run into Kid Bandit for the first time. They're awesome. They're doing some really cool stuff. This was right when uh, Kid Bandit was getting a lot of, uh, a lot of kind of buzz online. And I don't think they had a lot of you know, kind of Midwest exposure. And so being on their first show and seeing them wrestle, uh, Kid Bandit's backstage stretching doing all these sort of cool kicks. He's out there balancing on one foot and jumping around and doing all this stuff. And Coco, who was kind of just sitting in the corner and kind of just off to himself, he goes, hey, you know what you should do? And he's like, you should try to do a, a drop kick off the top rope. But instead of taking a bump and landing on your back, he's like, you should stand up and land back on your feet. And so I was like, okay, now you want Coco beware, wants to talk to us. He wants to engage with us a little bit. So it's, oh, you know, oh, Coco, I've, I watched that footage so many times. I, there's no way you're defying gravity. You're like out of the matrix. How'd you do that? And just kind of asking him that one question led to like a two hour, almost like a seminar, just sitting in the locker room and him talking about his experiences, kind of what killed professional wrestling for him, kind of him finding his love for it again. Now that he is no longer in ring, you know, what he's doing to help give back to that next generation of talent, you know, what he's doing, giving back to fans, to, to promotions that are bringing him in. Like that was really cool. That was a uh, all the time spent in the car, you know, uh, wondering if I'm going to get home and make it to work on time. Worth it if I get to hear Coco Beware talk for two hours. I mean, that's insane. It is. It's insane. And like, 
how does so how does it like I want to know someone who's has that much experience like what is the final breaking point because they've you've seen it all at that point like what's the final breaking point that that kills wrestling the business of wrestling for you and then what the hell brings it back it's got to be yeah. like the new crop of talent or something or i mean honestly it's like it's, what what kills it and then what refreshes it back like because i don't think you ever lose it just like fans i don't think fans ever lose the love of pro wrestling like i was sitting I'm, i've been sitting in quarantine for what three four days now and i was just mulling through late 90s early 2000s wwf and i was just like i like listening to the crowds listening to the crowds is my favorite thing to do it's not even yeah. to it's not even to hear the promos or really watch the matches as much as soon as i hear the crowd i'm like it brings it completely locks me in completely like it doesn't matter what it is like it completely locks me in yeah there's that footage of a uh, it's when mankind won the title for the first time and you know rock and shamrock they're putting the boots to mankind and then all of a sudden you hear stone cold's music and he's not even in gear he's wearing street shoes and a and a baseball hat and he just marches to the ring stunner here covers out i mean he's in in the ring for less than 10 seconds but you just heard that just electrifying crowd reaction was i mean it's thinking about it makes the hair on my on my arm stand up like that's cool that's a moment that's going to live forever and you know that is cool like you hear you hear those reactions you hear those pops from the crowd and it's like oh that's that's awesome i remember watching that as a kid or or i was actually at that show and i remember seeing that live man that's that's an experience that sticks with you and that's kind of like what you got going on like you got like a, a some like a weird nostalgia act of sorts where it's i mean you're obviously not him but you you are <laughs> yeah. you have enough <laughs> you have enough of it and you, i mean you dress the same you got the bald head you kind of look bigger much nicer beard i will say that <laughs> but i, I mean I, like, saw, like, I saw some video of austin working out i think he might i think he's got some got some product going he's probably I gonna start saw that too beer, beer ball he's, he was doing the, the ski machine he was whipping that shit down yeah i saw that and then i saw him dancing to, or working out to, to how was it september i think it was <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was random music. It wasn't like you always associate like with Austin. It's like, oh, I bet he's got some heavy metal going. I bet, I bet there's some disturbed playing in the background. And then it's like it was like very casual, like complete 180 from what you expect Austin to have in his gym. I think that's I think it's what we need, though. I don't think we need Austin to not not this version of Austin. I think we need this version of Austin to just kind of let it all hang out. <laughs> just just yeah. be him. I mean, if he were to if he were to come back, I mean. I mean, he's got to be the number one attraction in wrestling if he were to come back. And I think he's already proven that in the mania spot with Owens and Vince McMahon. Again, I mean, anytime you put those two together, it's just, it's all nostalgia. But if he were to actually come back and just do like three matches, it would, it would reignite wrestling again. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. I think that's a, you kind of get people that are like, Oh, the, the attitude era is where it's peaked for me. And it's kind of every year of wrestling since then, it's kind of in their eyes, their wrestling fandom has kind of diminished just a little bit each time. And it's like, I think, I don't, I think if you pair Austin with the right talent, I'd love to see like maybe him and Kevin Owens go at it one more time in a different scenario, different crowd. I saw somebody floating around, maybe Austin, uh, Austin and Cena 
I think that could be kind of fun. Uh, kind of join two fan bases where Austin was on his way out, right? Asina was on his way in. So I think that'd be kind of fun to kind of pit, um, kind of generation versus generation. I think I could that I could see that being very interesting. I feel bad for Cena because those boos are going to be louder than he's ever heard before. It doesn't matter. I just feel bad for him because he gets put. Absolutely, Cena's the most. I don't understand why why people boo Cena. I just don't. I think he's, he's past that now. I think you're going to get a Hogan Rock reaction if you have those two standing in the ring. I think you have that fifty fifty split of people just losing their shit. At just it's not seeing a 50, those 50 two. split that. It's just a hundred percent. Well, I mean, for each person, of shit laws. <laughs> I mean, each person, yeah. how they were saying, you know, I mean, let's go rock and like it was, it was 50 50 that everybody until that match stuff. started and that match continued. Then it was like true 80, 80 20 Hogan, and then it was like 95 5 mm-hmm. Hogan. Yeah, it's funny yeah. how he worked, he worked as the heel, he was supposed to be working as the heel and ended up freaking <laughs> working as the baby face. <laughs> Fucking Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Tim, go ahead, Joe. I nope. went already. No, you can go ahead. <laughs> Let so, me rest, damn it. Okay. Uh, Tim, so moving forward, there are, especially like, and I'm more interested, I wanted to see like with you in the Northeast, obviously you in Midwest a lot, uh, are there are there other promotions that you're looking at aside from just anywhere you just want to travel and go? Are there certain promotions um, in the Northeast, like obviously the big names like a Beyond Wrestling or something like that, that interest you that you look at and go, man, I would love to fit in fit in there and show a crowd like that what I can do? Yeah, um, I've been putting my feelers out to kind of get in the Pennsylvania area for probably about the last year or so, and it's. It's really just, hey, get me a date and I'll get myself there. I'm fortunate that my real life, I can work remotely. Um, so it's like, all I need is just the internet access. I can take care of my nine to five pretty much where you need me to. Uh, but no, trying to get in the Pennsylvania area, trying to get up there. There's a lot of history. A lot of the wrestlers that I've, that, uh, I've grown, I've developed even further respect for just how they came out of post-Chikara and then kind of what they did with their own independent scenes, their own independent promotions. It's like, man, that's really cool. I'd love to get up there and pick their brains test myself against some of those, uh, some of that crew. Um, I love Hood Slam out of California, um, Wrestling Pro Wrestling, another promotion out of California. Um, and then also like Lucha Libre and Laughs, uh, Mondo Wrestling. Uh, there's a handful of places that I want to be, but right now really um, just kind of finishing this year and then trying to get a lot of, a lot of momentum into next year is really what I'm looking forward to. How do you get that momentum? Is it just all? Is it uh, all backstage, like, name out there, like, oh, you got, got to get in touch with this guy through this guy through this guy? Or is it, like, you got to cr- try and strike iron and just blow up online or something? Yeah, it's it's kind of a mixture of both. Like, you can reach out to a promoter, but if you don't have the right content to show them, nobody's paying attention. You can have the hot video, but if you don't take advantage of it, or that hot clip, you know, showing your your – you know, flashy five second sequence or a really cool comeback spot or whatever it is. And then you don't capitalize on it by reaching out to the right promotions or the right people in promotions. You can kind of shoot yourself in the foot and all that momentum goes to waste. Uh, it's generating content, self-promotion, and then reaching out when it, when the time is right. 
Um, there's a lot of people that just don't want to take chances. Uh, the Midwest is unfortunately very far away. Uh, you look at all these cool promotions, you see a neat flyer, or you see somebody, you're like, oh, I'd love to work with them. I haven't seen them in years. This would be awesome. And then it's like, oh, that is an 18-hour drive. It's any promoter. That There's some people that don't book you for, oh, you're more than four hours. Sorry. It's like, pal, I can make four hours in my sleep. Like, you just saw me. It's like, I just told you I spent 20 hours in the car. <laughs> like, come on, man, just give me that chance. Uh, but that's just it. Just being in the Midwest, everybody thinks you're practically on another planet. It's uh, But just getting in front of the right people, having the right material to show them, and then having that drive to follow up with them. Um, I've had so many opportunities for people going like, oh, you know, I book, for, I book my local guys first and my local crew first. But hey, you kept reaching out. You kept staying on top of it. You know, your social media is right. You're posting the right things. You're promoting. You've got a good personality online. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'll bring you down. Uh, show up on this time and on this date, and we'll take care of it. And, you know, you kind of go back and work some details on trans and, and payment and stuff like that, just so nobody's losing money and everybody's coming out ahead. But it, it is one of those things that you have to constantly be promoting. That's um, sink or swim, too, as well. Uh, you Sometimes you'll go a couple weeks where it seems like everybody's got your name it's like, oh, I just picked up four bookings for the next three months. This is awesome. I'm going some new state, some new promotion. I'm getting in front of a different crowd every month. And then sometimes it's like, do I need, did I pay my phone bill this month, right? Like, no, why is nobody responding to me? Nobody's sending back messages, but that's just how it is. It's feast or famine, that sink or swim. How is the scene right now? Is it still, like, I know it kind of went like, it went booming, like post like the pandemic and whatnot, like it was booming again. Like everybody like was running every week. Has it kind of leveled off lately? Do you feel? So I'm in uh, Nebraska. This is home of Husker football. You can't do anything on a Saturday unless you want to go to the grocery store. There's nothing you can do on a Husker Saturday. Everybody's watching the game. Uh, touring acts, national touring acts that could sell out 15, 20,000 arenas. Don't come near here for eight weeks, whatever it might be, whatever the football season is. Uh, so the Midwest kind of starts to slow down a little bit. Like once you get into like late August, early September, they'll probably open up again probably around January or so. You put anniversary on a poster, you put pro wrestling on a on a poster, and people come out of the woodwork to see it. Um, you know, that's kind of universal. But uh, no, there's been, just in my area within two, three hours of where I'm at, there's been quite a few new companies that have started up. Uh, some companies that, uh, maybe the head promoter was like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of retired. I'm going to step away. Some of the people that were helping running that show or maybe help running the locker room, kind of those locker room leaders had then stepped up and started their own promotions. And so I'm seeing that a little bit more and more from where, um, from where I am. Um, I think, I don't know if that's across the board, if it's everybody's doing that, but it's every once in a while, somebody goes, you know, I kind of want to try wrestling this way. And that's where people make it. They do something neat or they go back to doing the same thing that they've always done. So we talked about nostalgia and of course in relation to your character. Uh the reason I wanted to talk about it coming up in December in our area, they're doing a big icons fest here in Philly, and it's um a tribute to the extreme, and they're trying to bring back all ECW. Uh I mean Bully Ray and Devon are gonna be there, RVD is gonna be there. It's it's Sandman probably will definitely be there. So of course, I mean, Sandman lives down the street from where they're having it. So of course, he'll be there. Same thing, Blue, he'll be there. Blue Meanie, <laughs> yeah. But to, for that to work, and we we try, we asked uh, 
Ricky Morton about this too, but I don't think he really got what we were trying to say. How do you not overdo the nostalgia to where it's hokey? You know what I mean? It's overdone hokey. Where is that sweet spot? Because like we said with your character, yeah, you, you have the music, you have the gear and and the bald head, of course. And but that's where it kind of stops. So you you teeter on that line a little bit. Where do you think from a personal perspective, like how do you keep that in check and not overstep? Yeah, like it um for me it's fun to run back those spots. Um that kind of live in, in people's minds when they think of Steve Austin. That's a lot of fun. But you can only do that for so long before it's I've seen it. I remember it better when I was a kid. What else you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really something that I've been focusing on maybe the last couple of years, is just for, uh, last 18 months or so, is just trying to move in like one or two extra moves, something different that people don't expect from me. Um, trying to do stunners kind of out of nowhere. Um, I do a lot of, I've started doing a diamond dust, a jumping stunner, a rebound stunner, stuff like that. Just going like, okay, how can we play around with this and do something a little bit different than people expect this move? one way how can i switch their expectations and do it another way um some of the talent that i've really been watching that i'm really taking a lot of inspiration from are uh, chris brooks and then um, chris ridgeway out of the uk and then both people that are actually wrestling in japan right now they're very technical very um, hard striking at least uh, uh, ridgeway is very hard striking individual he's a lot of fun to watch and it's um, that catches catch can British UK strong style. That's really interesting to me. Not a whole lot of people do it in the area that I'm at and kind of the places that I go. So when I can get a nice big pop off of a fancy pin or like a leg lock or some rolling thing, it's like, ooh, okay, Stone Cold never did that. But that's cool that he worked this into what Stone Cold would eventually do, you know, whether it's one or two moves down the line. So, um, but yeah, it's like with those uh, kind of nostalgia acts, like you know, I'm not Metallica. I can't just do the same five hits all the time. I, people got to go, oh, yeah, but I saw that last month or, or I saw that six months ago. Like, what else do you got for me? What else do you got for me? And so it's just trying to go back to the drawing board, trying to be creative, trying to, okay, we did it this way. What's another way to do it? What's a fancy way to, to work this in? What's what's another way I can play with this? Uh, that's the fun part. I, I get a big kick out of that. When a crowd reacts to it, there's it's like a jolt of electricity. It's like, okay, cool. We're on to something. Let's keep playing here. All right. Blair, it's my time to go to left field and just completely derail us. Proceed. But I <laughs> I have an idea. Now, it might not be a good idea, but I think it would be perfect for you. And it doesn't have anything to do with wrestling, but it does, in a way. <laughs> like, I feel like getting over online, like, helps you. Like, getting over, like, through social media helps immensely. And watching a lot of like creative things and like what's popular like now like right now like food reviews and like reviewing like whatever like perfect for you would be an ice cream review <laughs> like if it fits if it's on brand and you could kind of have fun with it where you'd be like oh, i'm at cold stone brewery of all or cold stone creamery of all places and you can just completely bury all their flavors and how terrible they are. And then all of a sudden you get a hold of a Choco Taco and it's the greatest thing of all time. There you go. That's, you know, I've wanted to get, uh, there was uh, Magnum Wrestling, which is kind of my home promotion in Omaha. 
they had taken the month of July, I think, no, of June off. So I was like, okay, let's try to get the locker room together. And I'm like, you guys want to do like that hot chip challenge or there's that spicy, that spicy challenge. And almost collectively, everyone's like, I want nothing to do with that. So uh, I don't know. I, I've got a pretty quiet December. I may have to do that as kind of an end of year, see if I can do an end of year recap and try to recap everything I've done this year while suffering through this one hot chip. So maybe I'll look into that. And then what, counteract it with some ice cream and give a review right there <laughs> yeah i think you need like the world's largest milkshake the hot mm-hmm. chip challenge followed like i don't know is there any ice cream places <laughs> by that do like an obnoxiously large ice cream sundae you know uh there's a place that um they're called ted and wally's there are two locations two convenient locations in omaha nebraska i've had to reread their positioning statement so many times they had an ice cream flavor that uh, I helped kind of incorporate. And so if you dig through their social media, there's me holding ice cream with my giant spoon in the middle of, in the middle of downtown Omaha. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I could get them to make me something pretty big, maybe uh, push up a wheelbarrow or something like that and get five gallons Dude, of, of milk. You, you need something like, like cartoonish, like to do this one chip challenge, you need something to follow <laughs> it up. Like it's almost like, okay, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. Like, Two five two five gallon buckets like they just carried up to you, and the one guy just like yeah, slips and falls and drops a bucket, so that was automatically <laughs> out. But we still got the one bucket because obviously that's, you're not going to finish no, ten gallons. No, I no, I would die. Uh, I would just lay on the ground and just let just waste away. Uh, yeah, but people might pay good money is. to watch you wrestle after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be the slowest comeback of all time. I'd be doing clotheslines with doubled over in pain with my hand on my stomach. You come to me. uh, Yes, come to me. Let me hit you. Come to me, please. Uh, That's uh, when COVID kind of locked everything down. I was trying to look into like getting Twitch streaming going. And man, hats off to anybody that is a content creator that has found an audience, that has found a niche, that has been able to keep that going keeping that schedule going, finding content that resonates with a crowd, with an audience that people are engaged in and interested in. That is so tough. So congratulations to everybody that has found their thing. That is so hard. We continuously, I, well, me personally, I just try and think of new things like what that, what that, cause it's, it's, if it's the same thing every week, one, we don't want to do it. If it's cause yeah. you get to a point of where, instead of talking about it, you're critiquing it. And then you go from critiquing it to bitching about it. And then it just becomes not fun. Like Larry was almost completely out. He's like, I don't want to do it anymore. So I had to come up with something. And I came in with like nostalgia, like things like we were talking about like old wrestling. Like what, what was it? When was it fun? When was it last fun? Like when was it at its funnest? And when at its peak. So we started to do shit like that. Like it's tough. It's tough to, to do the same thing over and over and over again because people don't want to listen to it unless unless you've already got the name behind it, which unfortunately we didn't come into this thing with like the big name. We're not the second generation podcast. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, we get it to a certain extent. It's just yeah, being we, consistent. We tried Twitch and it, like you said, it's it's rough and there's so many uh, like was, res- actual wrestlers with names that are just playing video games for four hours that people are just sitting and watching them doing you know what i mean we're trying to create content and talk to other wrestlers and do interviews and stuff 
and you're not you're getting five six people if that if you're lucky yeah. you know what i mean and and then like joe said we we messed around with different things we which we probably should go back to we we created a wrestling debate show sort of like a espn first take and, and tried to start to do that and that was fun for a while but then it got like we were and running I got out too of... good and Larry couldn't win. And... Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but the opinions and like the debate started to dwindle because it, because we're depending on the product. You know what I mean? If you could only go back into and talk about and debate the attitude error or the ruthless aggression error or whatever. So really many times. Debate. it already happened. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the thing. And and so you're relying on weekly uh, wrestling on TV, and like at that point, I know it was stagnant. You know what I mean? AEW was not—I don't even think starting yet, and just about to. And WWE was stale as hell. It, it just—if you don't have, especially with wrestling, if, if if wrestling isn't doing well, you really have nothing to talk about. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the tough part, and also like just trying to get. Uh, you get people that are interested in it or people that have a wealth of knowledge that can help. Oh yeah. This is a legitimate argument. This person has very good points. They're talking like they, like they know what they're talking about. They're very educated and learned in the subject. And other times it's like, I don't like this because I don't like it. That's a conversation you can't have very often. Otherwise it becomes get pretty tiresome. Yeah. And it's not really a good argument point. I don't like it because I just no. don't <laughs> like it. Yeah. That seems to be my, my ending argument though. I just don't want to <laughs> stop it. No, sir. I don't like it. Yeah. So, so what's? I'm going to take this one from you, Larry. Please do. All right. So, what's the biggie? What's the what's the bit? What's the biggest thing? What's like? What what's the? Is there anyone that has reached out to you that's got like that, or someone that you know that is running? And you're like, this is the match I need to be in. This is this is my perfect. This is my perfect opportunity. This is the perfect opponent. This is. This is where I need to be. Or have you, is it um, is it coming up? Is it out there? Is it attainable? It's kind of been floated, and then uh, there were some visa issues with uh, Kikitaro returning to the United States. About has it been a year? I think at this point he was returning from Japan, got stopped in Hawaii, and then made him they made him fly back to Japan, and he hasn't been to the United States since. But he was out of Vegas. And uh, just through happenstance, I ran into him in the Utah airport. Him and I were both in the Utah airport and then flying in separate locations. And that was right around the time that I had started training. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, you're a wrestler. He's like, we, he's like, I'd love to wrestle you one day. And I was like, oh. and so I've always had this idea, like, this is it, me and Kikitaro. I want to wrestle Kikitaro. I love Kikitaro. Um, and so, and just seeing his history and the stuff and the people that he's wrestled, uh, the stuff that he's doing now, and he's doing his stuff at a very high level is still very, very physical, very, very active. Um, unfortunately, J Japan is kind of preventing that matchup from the, the whole country. They're united against me at this point. Uh, <laughs> so, is so, it going to have uh, to be Tim Boston versus Japan? <laughs> I think, I think so. I've got to fly over there. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of been the match that I'm like, ooh, this would be really cool. Uh, I've had people pitch to me. It's like, oh, I'd love to see you wrestle um, uh, Colt Cabana. It's like, yeah, that'd be cool. It's like, I love Colt Cabana. I like his stuff, but I'm just like, I don't know. The guy that really clicked with me that I really liked 
and someone that I really like to dive into their history was Kiki Taro. And so that's kind of always been that, that high shelf, that high bar for me is trying to get a match with them. Uh, do you think that maybe has, uh, do you think that maybe has, that the site or the, the goal has maybe prevented you from, or maybe, uh, fogged up your vision from other, other potential matches? So um, I'm going to circle around to that, but uh, November 26th, Magnum Wrestling has their big show called the Battle Royale Cup, and Magnum Wrestling is going to be starting their 12th year in business next year. Anniversary um, 12 is going to be in January of 2023, at least that's the plan at the moment. And uh, the Battle Royale Cup is an eight-competitor tournament. It's over the course of one night you jump back to like some of Magnum wrestling when they were split between the Nebraska, Iowa Midwest scene, and then the California West coast scene. And some of the history people that have been in it were uh, Gringo Loco, Matt Bitchett, Eric Cannon, DJZ, ACH, Tyler Bateman, Akira Tozawa, Mustafa Ali, and Zach Sabre Jr. And so they have people that are world traveled, independent talent. They have people that have made it to the highest level of professional wrestling there is obtainable that have wrestled in front of worldwide audiences month in and month out for years. They've been at the top of their game. And they also have people that have helped um, cultivate, create, and then reinforce the local independent scene here. And so it's a great mix. And just being in that tournament, it kind of keeps your name in that same conversation of like, cool, I was in a tournament that Zack Sabre Jr. was in, that Mustafa Ali was in. Before Mustafa Ali went to WWE, one of his last independent dates was Magnum Wrestling. Um, And his match is up on Magnum Wrestling's YouTube pages against a really talented wrestler in the area named Devin Thomas. Um, So if you've got some free time, you've got 12 free minutes to spare, uh, Mustafa Ali versus Devin Thomas. Some of the people that are in um, Battle Royale Cup 2022. It's obviously, it's myself, um, a good friend of mine, Duke Cornell, another person named Kit Sackett, who was trained by QT Marshall and has been on the EW Dark a handful of times. But then there is a Japanese wrestler named Shota Suzuki who came up through the DDT Pro system, has been wrestling for about 14 years. I just watched one of their matches um, from, uh, it was against Masahiro Takanashi of the CDK, the Calamari Drunk Kings in Japan. And I'm a big Chris Brooks fan, so anything that he does or is, is is involved in, I'm definitely keeping my eye on. And it was about 60 seconds of this match of uh, Shota against Takanashi, and I'm like, I'm jealous. This is I want this match. This should be me. So on one hand, I am very happy that Kit Sackett gets to wrestle Shota. On the other hand, it would be awful if something were to happen to his car and he would not be able to make the show. <laughs> Are you the stand-in for that, that was the thing. Is like, I may, I would definitely volunteer. I would I would reach out to the promoter and tell them Kit Sackett had car problems long before Kit Sackett recognized he had car problems. And then I would just I would just uh, indict myself right then and there. Uh, but that was one of those things of like, oh, ooh, ooh, this style is really cool. It's really technical. It's fast-paced. It's kind of funny, and it's got that goofy stuff into it. But, oh, yeah, that's where I want to be. That's the stuff that I want to do. And so that's uh, – I don't know. If the opportunity ever prevent, presents itself, I'd love to wrestle Shota Suzuki um, out of there. Eric Cannon's another kind of dream match that I would love to work with. Uh, Matt Nix out of the Chicago, Illinois area. I ran into him uh, earlier this year, and he's like, dude, we need to bring you up. And then, you know, it's uh, – 
other people promote or, you know, he's in and out of wrestling or sometimes people want to promote. Sometimes people want to wrestle. Sometimes people don't really care to do either. Uh, just hasn't really, you know, stars have not aligned to get me at, to get me and him in the same locker room again, or let alone in the same ring. But there's a handful of matches. That I'm like, Ooh, that's cool. You kind of get those, those goosebumps. You get that excitement. You're, you kind of start playing in your head. Like, Ooh, this would be cool to work this in. Ooh, ooh yeah. I want to do this. I want to do this. So uh, yeah, just this handful of, of talent that I just named right there. Um, but no, I, I don't know. That's uh, the match with Kikitaro. That's a, I'm having this match. I'm retiring tonight. That's, that would be the match. Hmm. So there is one thing I, I always wonder because of you being a singles wrestler and we kind of go back and forth. If we talk to tag wrestlers, vice versa with this question, but have you ever like, is there anything with tag team wrestling that you would ever look at and be like, yeah, I'll be a tag team wrestler from here on out. Would you leave singles and just go strictly tag team? Do you have anything against tag team wrestling or, you know what I mean? It, it, any of the iteration of that question. Have you not found the cone yeah. to your ice cream scoop? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, like I said, there's been a bunch of talent here over the last 12 years of Magnum Wrestling that have really helped cultivate it and reinforce the local independent wrestling scene. And I don't think you can have that conversation without a wrestler from the area named Donnie Pepper Cricket, uh, one of my best friends in and out of the ring. Um, I was a year-long tag champion with him at magnum wrestling and then i was a two-time tag champion for another promotion pro wrestling phoenix also out of omaha nebraska kind of at the same time when we were part of a faction so the kind of this freebird rule kind of cycling belts through and kind of cycling guys through and it's nothing against tag team wrestling but it's like if i went to this promotion i was part of a tag team and if i went to this promotion i was part of a tag team and it's like i kind of like doing my own thing too so it's like it's nice to have that mix. If it was singles at one and tag at the other, I'd still be doing it. You know, um, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely throws a new dynamic in there because you have different rules opposed to singles wrestling. You have other people and more people to play off of compared to singles wrestling. Uh, that's a lot of fun. It really take it really kind of steps that creativity up. Plus, uh, the people that do tag team wrestling really well stand out because there really aren't a whole lot of true tag teams right now like you see some people that are kind of joined at the hip and they do a really good job but like on the independent scene especially in the smaller the smaller audiences you don't really get those those jive those you know two puzzle pieces coming together to make you know make uh, tag team magic um no i'd love i know a couple maybe down the line next year a little bit further i'd love to kind of rejoin that and have me and uh, donnie pepper cricket he's always the uh, world's greatest pop icon and so we wrestled as popsicle that was our tag team name uh, <laughs> and so I'd love to kind of maybe do that again here in a year or two. I mean, I, yeah, I guess it is tough, especially in like, like you said, the smaller independents, cause you need four, you need four people that have that magic and then they need to continue to have that magic or you need to have more people that are going to join that magic. And I feel like more independents are mainly worried about singles or so either one-on-one or a six-man scramble or fatal four-way yeah. it's, it's always let's try and get as many people on the card and as in and a reasonable quasi reasonable amount of matches yeah and it's tag team wrestling is more than just two two people on the same side of the ring uh it's it's more than just having we have gear that looks alike or plays off each other there's a mindset to it there's moves that complement each other. There's styles that complement each other. 
Um, and sometimes that's, that's kind of a hard, you know, if it's a smaller area, it's kind of hard to find that other piece of the puzzle that, uh, uh, you know, that yin and yang that kind of come together that really complement each other, that work off each other really well. Yeah. And then you need that, you need those teams that are going to also fit in well with you. Like you need the, you need the mm -hmm. counterpart. You not only need your, your partner, but you need the counterparts to continue to have great matches. Do you think if you were, you were to go full tag team wrestler and find that perfect person, it would allow you to get further or like to more to a wider audience, I guess I'm saying. I have someone to split the drives up with. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you could take a 20, 20 hour round trip and make it a 40 hour round trip. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you could easily you know, make it to Pennsylvania. Fun. Yeah, it's, I've looked at it. Uh, I've been to, um, I've been to Arizona. That is like 24 hours on the dot from my house. I, did, I flew there. I didn't drive there. So that's not crazy. Uh, but no, that's probably been the farthest away from home that I've been. And I don't know. There's something fun about about being on the traveling uh, traveling for so long. Um, this year, I was really fortunate to be in Indiana twice. I wrestled as part of Pockade, um, a benefit show in April, and then I was back up for New Wrestling uh, New Wave Pro in uh, in July. They have a big eight man tournament. I don't know what it is about eight man tournaments all of a sudden, but I'm in another eight man tournament in February of next year and so that's called the imminent eight they're just starting to get talent announced for that so that's really cool um i don't know the traveling part the seeing different sites seeing people i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna entertain someone i've never i'm never gonna see again like that is such it's almost freeing because they're like they're, yeah. they don't know who i am you know they might follow me on twitter or check me out on instagram or something like that but i'm gonna wrestle in front of somebody i'm gonna go hey have a good night hope you saw something you liked See you, maybe never. I don't know. <laughs> that traveling part, that kind of mister, that uh, kind of in and out of a city is really fun for me. I love that part. Yeah, it's almost like you, you don't have to be as worried about it because it's not like you're never going to see them again. Yeah, it's like if every day was your last day at work, it's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sometimes that might work. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. It's, it is kind of funny. There's a uh, I wrestled uh, for New Wave Pro last July. I asked, they had us opening the show. I, I got to wrestle a really talented wrestler that came out of the Black and Brave Academy named Victor, Ac uh, Black and Brave um, out, of, out of Iowa. The uh, name is Victor Analog. And it's someone that it was almost a year to the date. Uh, Victor Analog has this really cool gimmick of this really cool setup. He comes to the ring with a old CRT TV on the top of his head. And he's kind of got like the colored bars and like the static TV. And he comes out to uh, video kill the radio star. It's like, <laughs> just a cool gimmick. He does cool stuff. Just, a, just a cool guy. Look up cool in the dictionary and Victor's picture is right there. Uh, and it was like a year to the day. I was like, I want to wrestle the TV guy and the new wave pro was like, Hey, we want to bring you up. And what are your thoughts on wrestling Victor analog? And I'm like, count me in. Um, but uh, they had us on first and I'm like, uh, I have this ice cream cone bed of nails. Or it's, you know, I'm going to get slammed on it and make a big mess. Is there any way that we can go on right before intermission so I can help clean up? And they're like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We got a really good crew that's going to take care of it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. And then sure enough, like at the end of the match, we smashed 12 ice cream cones right in the middle. And the, the little lady that ran their ring crew and like helped clean up, <laughs> she came over to me and she's like, you lied to me. You didn't, you did not tell me. And I'm like, I told four people, do not tell, don't try to hold my feet to that fire. I told everybody. 
Wait, did you say an ice cream cone bed of nails? Yeah, so it was like a big cardboard sheet that then had uh, rows of ice cream cones, and so I, I got power bombed onto it. And see, that's like the fun part. Uh, whenever I'm like a heel somewhere, I always kind of do Austin stuff to get under the skin of the wrestling crowd and of the fans. And so that was like, hey, I'm going to do enough Austin stuff where they kind of think they know where this is going and they kind of start to feel predictable and then I'm going to turn it on them and just, they're just going to hate me for it. Uh, my favorite thing, my favorite thing to do with crowds is when kids come up to me and they're like, Oh, I get it. You're just like a rip off stone cold Steve Austin. And my, my favorite response is always the, the podcast guy. Like just that drives people nuts. Cause they're like, you know who we're talking about. And I'm like, like he wrestles. And I'm like, the podcast guy wrestles now who, who is this guy and they're like he comes out to your music i'm like you know just asking and uh you know they always say you know they'll hand me their phone or whatever and i'm like who's this storm cloud guy you keep talking about and they're like it's stone cold not storm cloud like, <laughs> dude storm cloud's a pretty good name that sounds like mcu right yeah there. <laughs> who's storm cloud this storm cloud i always joked if i ever got sued i'd just be cold call tim boston and i'd just be uh just work at a, a call center <laughs> <laughs> at least you're planning for the future that's all i gotta say <laughs> but yeah, my backup plan is i work at a call center yeah that's, that's the future <laughs> wait they don't I... exist anymore <laughs> so... i gotta say i'm jealous that the people of Iowa and the surrounding areas get to see you because I think I might've reached out to you on Twitter and said this at one point, high tension wrestling uh, or used to be camp leapfrog and iteration of, of Shikara. Like, I feel like that is tailor made for your character because high tension wrestling and, and leapfrog, at least they did. They these... reached back out to that. Did they? Yeah, and there was supposed to be there. I, I guess there was never a follow up there. Yeah, because yeah, that, um, so I did reach out to them, and that was in July of this year. And they did okay. say that hey, we're in, like maybe this is some inside knowledge that nobody's supposed to know about. But they're like, we've got some plans on the works. We'll be in touch. So fingers crossed. Let's hope uh, that would be great. If you make your way to this state and we don't find out about it, we're gonna be pissed. <laughs> We yeah, because we definitely have to be there live when you're wrestling. Absolutely. I promotion is the name of the game for me. I think uh, I do graphic design work on the side. I do the I do the flyers and stuff like that. So I love to see the handiwork anywhere it or anywhere it's going to go. Uh, I love seeing people retweet it and, and share it and stuff like that. Doing a flyer with uh, a talent like Mike Bennett who has really had this career resurgence over the last few years. Who is such an uplifting and motivational person who is so down to earth and chill. And it's like, you've been all over the world and back. You have, you've worked for ring of honor and AEW. You've been in new Japan. You've been in WWE. You had kind of this downfall. You got clean. You you're starting a family and you're back up on top again. Like, and you're the humblest, coolest dude in the world. Like you've met me once. And the second you see me comes through the, through the locker room, you're going buddy and giving me a hug and making me feel like I'm worth a million dollars. It's like, you're the coolest guy in the world. And you just shared a flyer I made like that is such the, that is the coolest feeling. Uh, so no, oh no, if if uh, if I'm ever in your neck of the woods, you'll know it because I'll be screaming it from the mountaintops. I want to. I, I love uh, getting people to come to wrestling shows. I love hearing people go. That's not what I was expecting. I love this. This is awesome. Thank you so much. 
Oh, I love going full on like crazy mode. So especially for someone that I've talked to numerous times and I haven't been able to see live yet, I'll be I'll be fanboying it out big time. Yeah. I'll be doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a fan. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Tim, before so you we let you go, your own work too. Hold on, I got a couple more questions, yeah. Larry. Don't go ahead. cut me off. Sorry, don't mean to cut you off. Now, do you design your own merch? I do. So where is your uh, merch currently at? Because it used to be on Water Maneuver. Is it still at Water Maneuver, or did it move from Water Maneuver? No, it moved. Uh, so if you go to the website well-yeah.com, it takes you right to my website. And so that's just through a Redbubble site. I just bought a custom URL and then had it forwarded. But I've got all my T-shirts there. Redbubble does cool stuff. So it's like, hey, if you want a fanny pack, if you want a gym bag, if you want stickers or buttons, all that stuff's up there and ready to go. Oh, so we're not just we're not just talking T-shirts anymore. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes they. I know I know that they've done um, the kind of the double layer mask when COVID was really heavy, and there are still some really heavy uh, restrictions uh, on social distancing and masks. Uh, mask usage and things like that uh, but no i kind of focus i tend to focus on t-shirts and hoodies kind of like large apparel and then if you know hey this is a circular design this would look great on a button or a badge yeah let's let's upload that as well let's get that started but now i kind of do it all that's pretty cool now what do you do you uh do you work uh wrestlemania weekends have you gotten to the wrestlemania weekend yet I have it. Uh, I have a, my younger sister lives in Los Angeles, and so I'm probably going to be up there next year. I, I told her, I was like, hold my feet to the fire, make sure I do this because this is a, I need to take advantage of it. That was, um, there was a group coming up here uh, from my area. I think they were driving down to Texas earlier this year, and it was kind of just couldn't commit to it, couldn't jump in the car. And then the opportunity with Pockade came through, which was kind of nice where everybody was driving 11 hours south. I was driving 11 hours northeast. Um, and so it kind of made my own dates there and that opened up, I got featured on some deathmatch blog cause they saw me carrying my giant ice cream, ice cream scoop around. And so, <laughs> which is crazy. Bam Sullivan, who's awesome, just a phenomenal wrestler and someone I, I've never met him face to face, but him and I've interacted enough online that I consider him a good friend. Like he's tagging me in this stuff and they're like, that's Tim Boston. If you don't know him, go follow him. And actually, you know, I get about <laughs> 20 followers from that. So, uh, but yeah, I don't do deathmatch wrestling at all. Like, not a miller even close and then to be featured on a deathmatch blog and it's someone going what the hell is happening at pockade and it's my <laughs> you see me walking across the screen like... so this year's this year's california right la it's, yes yeah and next year is philly. us yes 40 oh. is philly so yeah so if you get to wrestlemania Ooh. weekend th this year that following year that gives you an opportunity to come for, come right to philly I love that. Yeah, let's. These stakes are on us. Yeah, my I'll friend. put that. In. <laughs> <laughs> that's so okay. That's what I got to know. So there's okay. Uh, there's a place in here called Pepper Jacks. It's a Omaha original. They pride themselves on their Phillies. What's, a, what? what's an authentic Philad on their Philly steaks? What's a what's an authentic Philadelphia steak sandwich like in your neck of the woods? Oh, <laughs> there's right. there's several so different like levels there's the stuff you see on monday night football that they show you every goddamn game and that's geno's and that's pats that is a tourist trap Fourth. and anyone from philadelphia who eats a respectable cheesesteak knows you don't go there for a cheesesteak <laughs> so what is your what is your place called 
called Pepper Jacks, J-A-X. So th- do they specialize in Pepper Jack cheese on the cheesesteak? Uh, I think it's a Swiss and I think it's a Swiss cheese. I think it's what's on it. Hmm. Okay, that's that's a that's a violation. We're yeah, gonna ask you not. We're <laughs> gonna ask you to not do that anymore. So, <laughs> I've become that's more like of a, a fan. I've become more of a fan of a seated roll, the seated long roll, like the sarcone roll. Hmm. It's a little bit harder, not as soft, but you're you're able to get a little bit more in there. And I think flavor is better out of a seated roll. I usually do uh, either American cheese or Cooper Sharp. So I don't really do the cheese was cheese was is fine. Usually cheese was a standard. American. Where's your place, Joe? What's your pick? If he comes to Philly, what's your pick? Where am I taking him? Yeah. Probably probably Dallas, either Delisandro's or man, I didn't even fuck around with donkeys just because I think donkeys is so fucking good. Donkeys is on a Kaiser, a seated Kaiser roll. It's not your typical cheesesteak, but the flavor, the meat, the ratio of cheese to meat on the roll it's perfect it's heavy i just had one the other day fucking i'm still tasting it <laughs> yeah i was in a I was in uh, chicago earlier this year and i asked a, a guy that's up there from up there i'm like does everybody eat deep dish chicago style pizza like is that is that across the board and he's like that's only when people come in from out of town he's like it's stunt food it's something you put on on your instagram or it's something you post to the internet and he's like we get regular pizza like everybody else so yeah, like a thin crust pizza, like a New York style pizza. Mm-hmm. That's the only pizza I'll mess with. I can't do, I can't do like a fork and knife pizza. It just doesn't doesn't feel natural. I need a pizza with a little bit of bend, a little bit of char underneath, good amount of cheese. Cheese the sauce ratio is yeah. gonna be good. I love food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> this is why we couldn't let them go, Larry. We're getting to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> We might this literally get to the you're like, <laughs> you're like we usually do a 45 minute. It takes a hard right. We do a three hour podcast talking about local foods. Dude, you That's know like, what? So like Omaha, like the Nebraska food that everybody knows is like no, Nebraska. Uh, I think in Omaha, Nebraska specifically, they created the Reuben. Like that was the, the first Reuben sandwich was ever made. I love a Reuben sandwich, but I saw some states say we've put a new twist on the Reuben sandwich, and it's the closest I've ever been to be like. I need to get on a plane and go and talk to these people because there's no way you're ruining the Reuben sandwich. That's the one thing we've got. Like, Dude, I saw a video today of a New Yorker making a cheesesteak and some bastard had the balls to say it's the best cheesesteak, the best Philly. They called it the best Philly cheesesteak maybe ever. I said, you're in New York. Now I have to go to New York and end someone. <laughs> Isn't that a chopped cheese in New York? They called it a Philly cheesesteak. It's like supposed to be one of their best sandwiches in New York. I was like, what the f-? I was like, what is going on here? Like, can't we just like, can't we just be civilized for a second there? Like you got your pizza and whatever the hell else you make up there, your cat's deli, whatever it is, <laughs> just let us live. Let us live down here. We just lost the world series. Yeah. Let me live. I'm not, I'm not happy. Just let me have the cheesesteak. I'm a simple man. I just want my cheesesteak. <laughs> Soft pretzels, tasty cakes, cheesesteaks. That's all I need. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's all we need. That's all we that's all we lay claim faith or lay claim to. It, it just let us have it. We're not taking the Reuben from you. Don't worry. <laughs> Fantastic. There's there's a place down here that does a you have no idea. Like uh, I kind of have a little bit of a speech impediment and where my mouth is moving 
at like one and a quarter speed compared to what my brain is. And the number of times that I've wanted to say chili fee steak while we're on the call right now, like <laughs> it's bothered me. So if you see me just, you're like, he's really thinking hard. That's why like Philly cheese steak. Uh, there's a place down here that does a Philly cheesesteak pizza. And I'm always like, is this sacrilege? Will the pizza, will the people, good people of Philadelphia, would they crucify? This? No, good. there's, the there's thing, some though. places that make really good Philly cheesesteak pizzas. Yeah. The, the, I will not, I will not put on blast because we, we created the cheesesteak, but what you do after that, if you want to, if you want to go wild and make a cheesesteak pizza, by all means, you make a cheesesteak pizza. If it's good, it's good. If it's not, well, you learn, you live and you learn. I want to ask Tim if he's ever heard of a Philly taco. Ooh. I don't know if I've ever heard of a Philly taco. Just- yeah, uh, you have, Joe. I know you have. <laughs> so you know, on South Street, there are two places that are famous for their foods. One's um, Lorenzo's, which is giant slices of pizza. Gi- like, yeah, we're not. No but you shit. don't lose quality with the size. Which no, is you a, don't. Which is what you would think. Yeah. So you're supposed to go to Lorenzo's and you get a slice of pizza. And then you go down to, well, I mean, you could pick. Ishka Bibbles, you can pick Jim's on South. There's a bunch of different places. Get a cheesesteak. And what they do Jim's is they take... down, dude. I know, unfortunately. That's my favorite spot, and they burn down. But you take the cheesesteak, oh. and you wrap the cheesesteak in the slice of pizza. <laughs> and you and they eat... This you is like eat that the, giant... This is like that Taco Town skit from SNL where it's eventually <laughs> wrapped in like a blueberry pancake, right? Like, you, know what's, you know what's the most fucked up thing is? There's no bathroom around you either. No. <laughs> Don't so expect like a, like to find a, a yeah, these, eat that and then stores, go find no. None of these stores that he's telling you about have a bathroom that you can use. No. It's just for employees only. <laughs> so you have to eat this massive pizza wrapped what well, cheesesteak wrapped in this massive pizza and then hope to hold it in for God knows how long. <laughs> It's almost like we live on the wild side out here. I don't know if you're ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> you're a nice, you're a nice Midwesterner. We might corrupt you. <laughs> that's, that's always funny. Like Midwest is is just strange. Like that was a. Uh, I watch a lot of Twitch streams. It's usually people from the UK, just because they're that culture is just so much different from what I'm what I'm used to. It's just so much different from those states in here, and they're talking about food and so i just chimed in i was like oh i'm from i'm from here a couple of years ago we had deep fried sticks of butter at our state fair and that, like it brought that guy's twist stream to a halt he's like i'm sorry you you what like <laughs> it's like yeah it was uh iowa des moines iowa was celebrating the the anniversary of the butter cow and so they were taking treated sticks of butter dipping them in batter deep frying them and then selling them at the state fair and i remember like people were like i don't want to eat it but I'm envious you have the opportunity to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like one of those things, like, do I try it or do I not? It's like, one of those, like do, you, do you jump in the pool or do you not? Do you jump in the pool or do you not? Yeah. I mean, it sounds well, terrible, but was, it, might, it might be good. It does. It, that's a, I, it was either like go to the stand that had the deep fried stick of butter or take the right and go to the stand that had the deep fried peach. And it was like a walking peach cobbler and i'm like i'm gonna go with the peach cobbler that's good a lot choice better, that sounds amazing walking, yeah. a walking peach cobbler do you hear that Larry? Uh, look i'm down he, he as soon as he said peach cobbler <laughs> I, yeah, i'm Deep in fried peach cobbler that sounds amazing yeah oh my god that's like, like a big peach on a stick uh, deep fried. 
Oh, give me that over a caramel apple any day of the week. I would, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm not. I don't like the caramel apple. I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of the caramel apple. Oh. I, if I see the caramel apple at the fair, no. I mean, it's funnel cake all the way. On obviously. Yeah. You do the funnel cake. Now I just want this walking peach cobbler. Now I'm. I'm. Now I'm jealous of that. Forget the butter. I kind of want the butter. I kind of want to deep fry a blueberry pie at this point. Yeah. And really, and really walk on the wild side. <laughs> so, Tim, before we got way off the tracks, anything, <laughs> anything that you want to promote? I assume, knowing you, you have a good amount to promote. You want to promote and uh, get across before uh, we go? Absolutely. Uh, the, like I said, I kind of talked about it briefly in the history of it of uh, the Battle Royale Cup 2022 with Magnum Wrestling. That is going to be live simulcast on Twitch on their Twitch channel for free. So uh, twitch.tv slash Magnum Wrestling, all one word. It's at 6 p.m. Central Time, so check your various time zones. I think we're only an hour off, so that's nice and that's easy to remember. Uh, but you're going to get four first-round matches, and then everybody kind of keeps on moving up. The winner of the tournament gets a title shot of the Magnum Wrestling title of their choice. That's most likely going to take place at anniversary, so a nice big build-up to that in, in January. Um, next year, you're probably going to see me hitting the road a little bit more. Um, the other big promotion I'm working with with New Wave Pro, it's uh, New Wave un- underscore Pro is what they're at on Twitter. You'll see me up there for them in February, uh, February 4th. I think it's that first weekend for their Eminent Eight tournament. So uh, another big tournament on the on the line for me. Uh, those are kind of the shows at the moment that I'm that I'm really focusing on. You're going to see me pick up a couple smaller indie dates. Uh, I just got announced or just in contact uh, today on the, the 15th of November, uh, making. Um, a company up in Des Moines, Iowa, 3X Wrestling. They're making their return at kind of the famous Woolies, uh, Woolies Theater and Bar uh, up in Des Moines. That's a venue that I saw First Wrestling. Uh, the company is called First Wrestling. It's ran by Eric Cannon. I got to see them, and it kind of just sparked this love with independent wrestling. And then Scott Hall was there, so that was a really cool thing of it. And like to see Scott Hall with like the drip jacket and kind of do like the the, the razors walk right through the curtain, like. He saw people in their late 30s and early 40s just kind of zap back to when they were teenagers again, like just that wide-eyed look. Uh, that really made me fall in love with pro, with independent pro wrestling, and I was like, okay, cool, I want to do something in this. So, uh, again, uh, so with uh, 3X Wrestling kind of coming back and putting some dates together, that's awesome. I've always had a great time there. I've always had great matches there uh, at Woolies in Des Moines, a uh, venue that is very close to my heart. Man, that's a that's a pretty good matchup for me. I'm loving it so far. So uh, if you follow me on anything on Twitter, on Instagram, I try to do is uh, try to post as much as I can to keep people in the loop. But it's the same handle on uh, both social media places. So it's CS underscore Tim Boston. Um, you may see me start to post some stuff that's not so much the Comstone character. Uh, I've kind of been workshopping a new character over the last half of the year called the Wind Up Merchant. It is UK slang for people that want to just push buttons tip that first domino and just to see how people react to it. And so I'm kind of taking a little bit harder edge, a little bit different wrestling style, a little bit different promotion style and promo style. So you kind of get to see kind of both sides of the coin with me. If you follow me on social media, new gear. Yeah. Um, I do have some new gear. Um, I worked with a very talented Daryl apparel. Um, they did new jacket, new briefs, uh, new, uh, knee pad covers and the idea was like i'm turning my back on this character i want it to look like i've torn all my old stuff apart to make something new what what do you got for me and they're like 
I know exactly what you're looking for and nailed it. They hit it right out of the park. Nice. And you haven't debuted this yet? No, I have. I've been uh, kind of doing that character locally since May. Um, and then I've got, um, I'm working with another, uh, with another gear person to kind of, I'm big video game guy. I love the game Dark Souls. And so I have a Dark, Dark Souls inspired set that's coming hopefully the beginning of the year. So you're telling me if I buy some Tim Boston old school merch, I'm not going to be able to wear it because you're not going to be him anymore. Don't tell me that. <laughs> now, it's, I always try to make all my stuff look as if it's like like a Boston is a brand. So it's not some of my early stuff is kind of tied to the ice cream stuff or kind of tied to Steve Austin adjacent designs. And I've kind of moved aside from that, kind of like something like a Volcom or something like a Tony Hawk's, uh, like a birdcage line where it's like i just want a cool design that just happens to have my name nested in the corner of it i kind of want people to just go i'm gonna wear that shirt i'm gonna wear it anywhere and nobody's gonna know that that's a pro wrestling shirt that was a blast from the past the tony hawk freaking the tony hawk line god Mm -hmm. now i want to play that (laughs) (laughs) all right well tim uh thank you once again for it was good talking to you and uh thank you for being a guest on the show and uh hopefully We'll be seeing you promote something here in our area. We'll be able to see you. Well, hopefully you get out to California first. Yes. Yeah. And then you mosey your way. Everywhere, everywhere you want to go, but more importantly, in our area. (laughs) I know you guys have been hyping up Phillies and all the local local food. Now I don't worry. I gotta go. I gotta I gotta get out there. I need some food. We're we're under hyping it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just tell you that. (laughs) <laughs> i like that under promise over deliver that's a, that's a good mindset i love it yeah i don't want to i don't want to shoot for the, the moon just yet <laughs> tim thanks so much again it was great talking to you and hopefully we'll talk to you soon absolutely thanks again jake